Did you miss us, folks, on our unscheduled break? Did you miss us? Or did you think I just quit, threw in the towel, took all my toys and stomped home? Oh, speaking of which, random factoid I came across the other day. It was something like, and don't quote me on this, but it was something like 90% of podcasts don't make it a full year. 90%. And we're now in our fourth year, just getting our fourth year underway. But I can see why people hang it up. Not that we are. Not that we're even considering it. But I can see why people hang it up. Give up on it within a year or two. These are harder to put together than I ever thought they would be. Truth be told, it's not just me yapping. Yap, 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 yap. Yapping on for 30, 45 minutes or so. It's like hours and hours and hours of reading news articles, sometimes very painful news articles, Yes, Vox. Yes, you hysterical ninnies over at The Atlantic. I'm talking about you. Then I got to think about what I want to say about them. Then, then we record after I do all my homework. But we're here now. I'm here. White Boy Malcolm X is here. Italian beer in hand, of course. And we are raring to go. Back at it again. And before we jump into things, and I'll try to make this quick, but while we were out playing hooky, we watched the seventh and final season of Riverdale. Starring, of course, AJKJ Appa, that strapping stud of a ginger. That delicious hunk of a ginger. And they even added another ginger. Another little stud of a ginger. Not quite AJKJ Appa, but not for a ginger. Not my thing. But not hard on the eyes either. What was his name, White Boy Malcolm X? The new ginger stud on Riverdale. I know you know it, Princess. Nicholas Brass. Barash. Sorry there, Nicholas. Nicholas Barash. See, folks? The walking, talking, IMDB at Gingers. If they're Ginger and they're on IMDB, White Boy Malcolm X has got their number. I bet he does. But Riverdale, the series finale of Riverdale, I will say this. They, for the most part, ended the series on a a high note-ish. It was a, a fairly well-done ending. A fairly well-done ending to the series. 
But, but, folks, what a disaster. What a woke disaster. The first 19 episodes of that final season. It was painful. Absolutely painful to watch. I don't care how many shirtless gingers were running around. Absolutely painful to watch to get to that final episode. And you know what they did to ruin it? Without giving too much away. You know what they did to ruin it? Or at least ruin the first 19 episodes of the season? They sucked all the fun out of it. They sucked all the fun out of it. They sucked harder than a bisexual manning a glory hole as they blow half the queens in Los Angeles. And you know who you are. I mean, Riverdale was always dumb. It was always a dumb show. Dumb, dumb, dumb. But it was also always entertaining. Well, about 90% of the time it was entertaining. That show, like a lot of them out there, dumb, but for the most part, entertaining, which I can live with. I'm perfectly fine with that. And in those first six seasons, they even, from time to time, had some really clever storylines, like a little something extra, some extra entertainment to go along with the dumb. But this last season, it was dumb, and they had to make it woke and dumb. Overly sanctimonious, overly in-your-face when they wanted to firehose you with an agenda. And it was just, it was like a trip through hell getting through those first 19 episodes. You had, as an example of what I'm complaining about, them sucking out all the fun from that show. You had every black character on the show, and they all did a fine job. The actors in those roles, they all did a fine job. This is not a criticism of them. This is about the direction of the show and the writing. I'm not picking on the actors here. But every single one of them, or their characters rather, every single damn one of them, completely humorless, completely put out by everyone else around them. It was like, if you took a BLM activist, drop them into the 1950s, that's basically how they acted. Well, except for the whole grifter thing, rolling in the Benjamins, exploiting racial tension for Benjamins. Other than that, it was basically them. And they even had a magical Negro. Folks, you should see the look on white boy Malcolm X's face right now. He didn't think I would bring that up that they had a magical Negro. Or should I say, they rolled out 
the magical Negro trope. And that is, well, here, I actually looked this up just to make sure I had the right definition. But here's the official definition of the magical Negro trope. Invented, of course, by leftist Hollywood. All the good white liberals in Hollywood. All down for the struggle. That's who invented the magical Negro trope. And this is from Wikipedia. The magical Negro is a supporting stock character in fiction who by means of special insight or powers, often of a supernatural or quasi-mystical nature, helps the white protagonist get out of trouble. And this I didn't know. Spike Lee, good old Spike Lee, wonder what the hell he's been up to these days, but he's the one who came up with that. He's the one who created the term Magical Negro. But they had one of those. Riverdale rolled out a Magical Negro. And all the fun characters, one other point and I'll move on, but all the fun characters, like all the catty, backstabbing, vicious, mean girls, like Cheryl, who you could always count on, everything was all about her, and she'd shiv you in two seconds, if that, if you came between her and something she wanted, at least for the first six seasons she would. This last one, though, she was this sniveling little, she was like a, a typical hysterical white liberal. The whole season, she's running around trying to just like a hysterical white liberal would. Virtue signal to other white liberals. Assuage her white shame. That was her character the entire season. Some dopey rich white liberal suffering through her white shame. But you know, they at least, someone over there at the WB, someone had to have been like, You woke clowns, you've had your fun, end this thing on the right note. So they did. Ish. Thankfully. And I know you star effers out there. Now that I'm back, I know you want me to talk about Britney Spears getting an abortion, killing off little baby Timberlake, aborting, Justin Timberlake's baby, which I'm not going to talk about because she's on our band discussion list. Her, right alongside that dopey loser, Prince Harry Ginger, and his vapid social climbing wife, Meghan Markle. Adults who refuse to adult. Some other folks. I can't remember off the top of my head. So I'm not going to talk about her. But I will say this, and I can't remember who else just did this, came out, oh, I had an abortion 20 years ago. It was some other vapid attention star celebrity hawking some book. What? 
You know who else had the abortion? Who? That's right, white boy Malcolm X. How could I ever forget her? Dopey Paris Hilton. She came out in her coloring book autobiography. Talked about how she got an abortion 20-something years ago. Although with Paris, she didn't mention, at least not that I can recall, she didn't name the baby daddy. Not like nutty Britney Spears is with poor Justin Timberlake here. This poor guy, Justin Timberlake, he's getting trashed in the media. And of course on social media over this abortion over something that happened 20 plus years ago. I mean, here, how's this from Newsweek? Justin Timberlake faces reckoning over Britney Spears' treatment. I bet he does. So 20-something years ago, they're both in their early 20s. He's some hot young stud in NSYNC. And as a random aside, he's aged quite well. I stand corrected. I know it's kind of a bitchy queen thing to say, but I never thought he would age well. He's only about 11 or 12 years younger than we are. I thought he was a cute kid at the time, but I never thought he would age well. And we just saw him in some movie. Now, he can't act his way out of a paper bag. But when I saw him, I was like, hmm, not bad, Justin. Looking pretty good there, sir. But anyway, going back 20 years or so, those two are fooling around. She gets pregnant. He doesn't want the kid. She wound up cheating on him anyway at least according to her coloring book autobiography. She screwed some dancer named Wade Robson. So I guess, another quick aside here, folks. I guess I stand corrected again, twice in one article. Because I always thought all male dancers were gay. They were all big old queens. But I guess not. Or maybe he's one of those star effer queens who would bang a female celebrity he worshipped. Plenty of queens out there wanting to bang Madonna. Or at least they did 20, 30 years ago. And you know who you are. But Justin here, he doesn't want to be a father at like 22 or 23, however old he was. So she gets an abortion. And 20-something years later, just like dopey Paris Hilton, she's crying in this book that it was, quote-unquote, one of the most agonizing things I have ever experienced in my life. Which I'm sure it was. Not that I've ever had an abortion or knocked anyone up to have an abortion. But I'm sure it was. I'm sure it is. Not going to discount that at all. But 
unless he dragged her kicking and screaming to the abortion clinic, had them restrain her and do it forcibly, kind of like the communist Chinese used to do when they had their one-child policy, as agonizing as it was for her, at the end of the day, that was her decision. I mean, what have the feminists been telling us for like the past 30 or 40 years, if not longer? Our body, our choice. They love to run around and scream that. Our body, our choice. Unless, apparently, Justin Timberlake knocks you up. Then you don't have a choice. You have to get the abortion, and it's all his fault. But you start effers out there, getting worked up over this, getting hysterical, and trashing Justin Timberlake on social media. Get a blanking life already. And I've wasted way too much time on this. So let's move on. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. From Boston.com Report Multiple aides accuse Cambridge Mayor Sambul Siddiqui of creating toxic work environment. I'm shocked. The mayor, who is the first Muslim woman ever elected in Cambridge, is seeking re-election in November. I hate to be rude here. Well, kind of, sort of, I hate to be rude here. But this is what virtue signaling, putting in a token mayor, gets you. It's like in Boston. They got token mayor Michelle Wu. Some dopey 30-something millennial completely out of her depth. But because she checked a couple of diversity boxes, was going to be the first female and first Asian mayor of Boston, of course they elected her. Qualifications be damned. And this one, Sambal Siddiqui, she's the first Muslim elected mayor in the state of Massachusetts. Oh, how stunning and brave. And apparently, she's also a mean girl. 
allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, a mean girl. And here's the poll quote on that. According to the newspaper, and they're talking about the woke Boston Globe here, four of the eight employees who have worked for the mayor since 2017 say Siddiqui undermined their self-esteem and retaliated against them when they sought to leave their positions or accepted new jobs. Now, the retaliation thing, we'll set that one aside. That's a whole other discussion. But this undermine their self-esteem nonsense. Any guess on that one? Who's running around? Oh, she undermined my self-esteem. And you folks already know the answer. It has to be a millennial Gen Z kid. The participation trophy generations. Oh, I need my safe space. And my self-esteem boosted. It's got to be a millennial Gen Z kid. Hold on. No. I take that back. Well, partially, I'll take that back. I have a friend of mine. I almost forgot about this one. But I have a friend of mine, and he was bitching to me the other day. He hired a woman, an older woman, and he deliberately hired an older woman because he didn't want to have to deal with a needy, navel-gazing, spoiled brat, millennial Gen Z kid. That's exactly what he didn't want to deal with. But, but, that's exactly what he got. This woman's like, I think he said, she's in like her mid-60s or something. And he told me, every day, he's got to give her some sort of participation trophy, or she gets butt hurt. He described her to me, as needy, insecure, and psychotic. And she sucks at her job too. It's not even that she's high maintenance and a high performer. No, the exact opposite. So he tried to avoid all that, thought the older, more mature employee would be the safer option And he got 10 times worse. I don't think it's generational anymore anyway. Now I know that I give the millennial Gen Z kids out there a lot of grief. Most of it well-deserved. But that attitude, that entitlement attitude, that everything has to be all about me attitude, that I want a participation trophy for not doing much of anything attitude. That is everywhere these days. Doesn't matter how old or young they are. As I'm sure you folks already know. And my friend learned the hard way. But this is what those hysterical liberals in Cambridge get. What they deserve, like those idiots in Boston with token Mayor Wu, when they elect a mayor 
based on checking as many diversity boxes as possible. Not that she's actually qualified to manage the city. Not that she's probably qualified on her best day to manage a lemonade stand. And you all down there with this latest tempest in a teapot, with this latest feckless incompetence, you all have fun with that. This next one, well, it's about a month old at this point. It was in the pile before I took off for a bit. And I'm not going to belabor the point on it, but I just, I want to put in my two cents worth here. And this is from the New York Post. Grinder loses half its workforce over two-day return-to-office mandate. Two days a week. A lousy two days a week. And here they are, about 80 employees here, throwing themselves a hissy fit, taking all their toys and stomping home. And I know, with these work-from-home folks, they're always like, Oh, I'm so much more productive when I work remote. Okay, princess, if you say so. And whenever you try to drag these lazy bums back into the office, try to make them adult, what do you get? I was so oppressive to make me come into the office. You're such a fascist. But this thing with these grinder employees, who the hell do they think they are? I get the hysterical kvetching at places like Apple, Facebook, Tesla, I think Amazon. Some of their employees were throwing a fit. But this is grinder. Grinder, and you clowns that work there, or I guess used to work there, sorry girls, and I hate to break it to you, but you're at like the bottom of the IT totem pole. You work at a place that helps facilitate some queen going out getting banged by half the guys in Los Angeles or New York or Atlanta, wherever, and you know who you are. But that's your job, or it was, helping queens to hook up, helping some raging power bottom get his fix. And if Elon Musk over at Twitter, if he proved one thing, and cleaning that company out like he did, he showed that he could keep things running just fine with like, I think less than half the staff. And the ones who run around complaining the most about not being allowed to cosplay working remotely, they're the ones no one misses because they weren't doing a damn thing in the first place other than cashing the check. So good luck trying to adult on the unemployment line. And for our last story, folks, 
Well, before we dig into this, I just want to go on record. I know we have fun with this, but for the record, I only laugh at the ones where you just can't help yourself. Or at least, I can't help myself. In general, I don't find it funny at all. But, but, sometimes the comedy just writes itself. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, here, how's this? And it's another one from the New York Post. A New York Post doubleheader. Virginia mother arrested for raping twins 15 after cops find missing boy in her bedroom. I bet they did. See, folks, the comedy writes itself. She didn't just bang one boy. And when she went to bang another boy, what did she do? She got a carbon copy of the first one. Literally, a carbon copy of the first one. Banging twin teenage boys. And she's not even a horny high school teacher. Normally, folks, as you well know, it's usually some horny high school teacher. They're out there. I know that fresh teacher bait. Seducing that fresh teacher bait. Making sweet, sweet love to that fresh teacher bait. But not this one. This one. Well, first off, her name is Ashley Watts. Ashley is 37 years old. And she has been charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor. And three counts of indecency with a minor. Which is weird. Just looking at that, it's weird. Just one charge of delinquency of a minor. But three charges for indecency with a minor. With two boys. Why is it not two charges of delinquency with a minor? Or minors? What? What do you want, white boy Malcolm X? And before you answer that, folks, not that I need to tell you this, but if it's one thing that would let white boy Malcolm X die a happy man, I got two words for you. Ginger twins. Well, I guess three words. Legal ginger twins. He does like them a lot younger than I do, but not that young. Getting to bang ginger twins, though, that is definitely on white boy Malcolm X's sex bucket list. But anyway, what the hell do you want, sir? What obnoxious thing do you have to say now? What about the delinquency of a minor charge? Okay, princess, what is your theory about why Ashley Watts here, why she's only getting charged once? 
Thank God we edit you out. Like anyone wants to hear that banal drivel. His theory, folks. And you're welcome, by the way, for me not playing his response. But White Boy Malcolm X's theory is that, although now that I think about it, hold on a second. Now that I think about it, now that I've digested it for a few seconds, you might have a point here, sir. Just might have a point here. But his theory is that she can play dumb on the twins. She can say, and I'm sure her defense attorney will say, oh my, I had no idea I was banging two different boys. How dare they take advantage of me like that? Probably try to turn herself into the victim. Those dastardly teenage twins, both banging her when she thought she was only handing out free orgasms to one of them. So White Boy Malcolm X, you actually, for a change, you actually had a a damn good point there. Finally, after three plus years. But anyway, again, here's the long and short on this one. Just to get this over with. The twins in question, they lived across the street from her. They were friends with her son. I'm sure that'll be an awkward Thanksgiving. Mommy banging his friends. Mommy handing his friends free orgasms for the better part of a year. Mommy getting arrested for banging his friends and giving them free orgasms for the better part of a year. And her husband, bless his heart, he came home once, found her topless, asleep with one of the boys on the sofa. I'm sure that made him feel like a real man. His wife banging teenagers to get her sexual pleasure. So Thanksgiving, double awkward this year. Then, of course, one of the boys starts blabbing, as they always do. He confided in a neighbor how she was. Get this, folks sexually abusing him, would touch him inappropriately despite his pleas for her to stop. Oh, please. Here we go again. The whole, oh, she raped me thing again. I would like to see just one of these kids, like one of these kids here. She starts to touch him The first time she starts to touch him, he immediately gets up, goes on home, which again is right across the street, goes to one of his parents, creepy Mrs. Watts across the street, just touched me. But do they do that? No. They keep going back for more free orgasms. Over and over and over again. They keep going back for the free orgasms. 
the only time it's ever a problem, that's when they either want to sue the school district for piles and piles and piles of Benjamins, or, like in this case, when they don't want to get in trouble with mommy and daddy. They don't want to get in trouble for banging the cougar across the street, banging the MILF across the street for almost a year. So to get out of it, oh, she raped me. Yes, of course she did. So ladies, again, never, ever, ever, ever get a boy to do a man's job. Remember, ladies, more Sebastian Stan, more Matt Loria, more Dan Reynolds and his sweaty abs, less little Timmy or his twin brother with two chest hairs. So on that note, since I cannot top this idiot woman banging her some underage twins, even if she's not even a school teacher, had to bang her son's friends to get her teacher bait fixed. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this weekend edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.